I kind of use those influences of, you know, eating out and knowing what I kind of grew up with and fusing it together, which is how we develop the menu at Zab. But like the flavors that I grew up with, I really try to keep it in our food and on this menu. And I have had a lot of comments from customers saying, you know, the flavors are quite bold, quite strong, which is what I wanted. So I guess yeah, my parents play a big part in this restaurant. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The engine room of Australia's hospitality industry runs on the energy and commitment of family-run local restaurants. Hubs of the community, a place where all family members roll up their sleeves, welcome diners into their home and do whatever it takes to ensure they return. These restaurants are the foundation for the next generation of hospo professionals to take everything they've learned growing up and deliver it in a modern context. It's colouring our culinary landscape in such a beautiful way. Becky Kanthafongsa is the owner of Zab Street Food. Becky, how are you going? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. You've just had a whirlwind weekend with uh, Valentine's Day. Um, how, how was it? Oh, it was it was great. It was busy. A um, little bit different to last year <clears throat> for so many different reasons. But, um, yeah, we had our pre-Valentine's Day people on Saturday, so we had groups of singles come through we had plenty of couples come through on the saturday and then the sunday it was just it was just a loved up day (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned that it was different for so many reasons and obviously the the world has changed a bit since last valentine's day How, how different was it trying to operate in the circumstances we find ourselves compared to last valentine's day yeah well obviously um with covid capacity has reduced by a lot by half for us, actually. Um, so we've had to, I guess, structure it in a way where um, we would be able to allow as many people come through as possible and still be able to, I guess, experience our offering. So this year it was we were taking bookings only, no walk-ins, and everyone was on a set menu. So... For us, in terms of operating the business, it was um, different, but it was very structured, very efficient, and very nice, actually. A bit of a change for us. Well, structure is something that a lot of operators have had to change or adapt to a new structure in the last year. That's something that you had to face uh, in the early period of sort of lockdowns and stuff like that. What did you do to introduce and change the structure of what you were doing at Zab in the in sort of March, um, April last year? Yep, definitely. So I guess just a little bit of context. We at Zab, we um we had a bit of a a mixed menu where we had really casual food, street style stuff, some authentic Thai dishes as well because Thai Lao is our background, and then we had a little bit more of, I guess, the modern take where we would plate it up quite nicely. When COVID hit, um, we were already through our transition to do a little bit more of the modern, finer dishes, but when COVID hit, we had to really dial it back um, and introduce takeaway. So we kind of had to go back to our roots, I guess, well, my roots especially in um, takeaway and franchising and 
pick and choose the dishes, I guess, that were transportable, easily transportable, um, <clears throat> but also offer it in a way that was, I guess, uh, what is it, adaptable to the current environment. So at the time everyone was in isolation, you know, you're by yourself, you're with one other person. So we started offering pretty, pretty early up what we called our date night pack. So it was basically a dinner for two, um, which included cocktails as well. So generally you're not allowed to take away alcohol, but um, liquor licensing were able to flip our license and allow takeaway cocktails. We were able to do that in our little, our little pouches. So it was basically replicating purchasing drinks in the streets of Southeast Asia. And so we um, packaged up dinner for two with some cocktails. And honestly, that's what kept us alive during lockdown. It became very, very popular. Um, and the amount of packs that we were selling, it was, it honestly, it caught me off guard. We sold out <clears throat> probably in the first two nights just because we, we didn't anticipate it going so well. And then um, we just slowly had to increase and I guess adjust the amount of demand that was coming through for that. So that was, yeah, it was, look, it was a lot of hard work on our end, getting the systems up and running so people could order and, you know, putting all of the marketing together, but we got it done. Did the lessons that you learned during that time and the model that you created, did that uh, continue beyond and is that part of your business model now? Yes, definitely. So as restrictions started to ease and we started to open up the restaurant again, I kind of um, decided to take a, I guess, a more long-term path. Um, so what I chose to do, because the takeaways did so well, was to keep the takeaway platform. However, I separated it out from our dining platform. So it's essentially two different businesses operating mm. from the same venue. So that way we were able to offer, I guess, a little bit more in the takeaway, but not lack anything in the dining scene as well. You've got a really interesting background and it's eventuated in this uh, model at Zab that we can dive deep into a bit further on. But you grew up in a, a Thai restaurant with your family and then you um, ran a franchise operation I just want to touch on that first. What led to the move to um, do a franchise restaurant? So I grew up with my parents' business. They opened it when I was 17, so just finishing up year 12. And um, <clears throat> I, I enjoyed, I guess, working in the restaurant and the business aspect of it because I was studying accounting I, I guess my, my mum or my parents just kind of let me take control of the back end of things, which was really cool to learn really early on. However, coming from a family restaurant environment, there's not a lot of, um, I guess, structure in operations. We just do things the way we know how to do it. You know, mum says do that, dad says do that. So you just you just do it. And that's, and that's what everyone was doing. And it was, it was nice. You know, we, we knew what we were doing and we just do it. But, um, I guess the reason why I really wanted to get into franchising straight after was because I knew like they had systems up and running. 
So, you know, places like McDonald's, KFC, Subway, you could see that it was very systemized. You were hiring like people quite young and you had a great training program and that's what I wanted to learn. Um, so I actually joined the Zambrero group when they were early on as part of the support office, started in their finance area because that's my background, but then um, transitioned into operations where I actually learned so much about uh, creating the systems, actually. So, you know, things from costing of the food to the, I guess, the training cards that we had to go through step by step so that we can actually train the young ones. So, um, yeah, I think that both the family side of things where everything is just done so freely and then going into a very systemized environment kind of allowed me to be very agile in what I do today. Those systems that you learn at that time, how important a role do they play with the structure with the restaurant that you have now? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so basically very crucial. So I actually had not worked in any other hospo venue prior to opening up Zarp. So I didn't actually know how other venues operated. Um, but using my experience, I was able to, I guess, walk myself through the processes or the, I guess, the steps from when a customer walks in the door to when the customer leaves. So, for example, when I was at um, in the franchise, it was a three-minute transaction, right? So from when you greet the customer through to when they pay and take the product. But in a restaurant environment, obviously, it's, it's, it's a two-hour. It's two hours. So you have to kind of break everything down and then write it, write it out. So you're walking through each step when a customer comes through the door you write it down, you break it down and you turn it into training cards and so then that way I'm able to train my staff because I actually hire a lot of younger, um, non-experienced staff as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so this is able to translate into both the dining in um, experience but also when we flipped into takeaway for COVID as well. So just, I guess, identifying all of the steps, breaking it down and really putting it down on paper so that, you know, we could get everything out. Tell us about the food of, of your parents and your background growing up. Can, what, how important a role have they played with your love of, love of food? Oh, my gosh. Um, everything. So they are my inspiration. Without them, we wouldn't have Zab today. So my parents are both from Laos. Uh, Dad is from the capital, Vientiane, and Mum is from um, northern Laos, so closer to the Golden Triangle, bordering Chiang Mai in Thailand. Um, and they actually met and married here, came as refugees with nothing but a suitcase and their siblings. So uh, when they arrived, you know, they had to basically hustle. My Dad worked three jobs at one stage and my mum worked two. So obviously their second job, yeah, so their second job was both um, at a restaurant, so a Thai restaurant. So that's where my dad had no idea how to cook and then he learned how to, you know, started off washing dishes or whatever and then um, 
slowly started to learn, I guess, cooking. <laughs> um, and my mum was front of house, so she was she was waitressing at the time. And so they did that for probably about a decade before they decided they wanted to open up a restaurant. And this is really important to me because they wanted to allow their children to be able to have, I guess, things that um, other kids were able to have, you know, because their parents would have the money. So that was really important to me. Um, my mum cooks mostly Lao food. So when we were growing up, you know, we would just, yeah, she would spoil us because her cooking of Lao food was really good. And Lao food and Thai food are different in that Lao is a little bit more, I guess, more earthy, more like fermented kind of products or um, preserved products because we're landlocked. There's no no seafood. Um, so there's that. And then, and then my dad is mostly of Thai food because he learned – from the Thai restaurants that he worked in. Um, so that's where I guess my um, the background of Zab is both Lao and Thai. So it stems from both my mum and my dad. And then you've got me who's brought in, I guess, that modern aspect. Not that I know how to cook, but I like to eat out a lot. So <laughs> I kind of use those influences of, you know, eating out, um, and knowing what I kind of grew up with and fusing it together, which is how we develop the menu at Zab. But like the flavors that I grew up with, I kind of really, I really tried to keep it in our food and on this menu. And it has, um, I have had a lot of comments from customers saying, you know, the flavors are quite bold, quite strong, which is what I wanted. So I guess yeah, my parents play a big part in this restaurant. There's a lot of Thai restaurants, particularly in Sydney. Um, Australia is blessed with many of them, but we don't have a lot of Lao. Can you tell us or um, tell us about a couple of dishes um, growing up to give us an example of what how the cuisine is quite different to Thai? Yeah, of course. Um, so... Lao food, for me, and I think for a lot of people, when you think of Lao food, one of the first dishes that you think of is uh, popo salad, right? So in Thai, it's called som tam, but in Lao, it's called tamakung. And it's basically, they both use uh, raw green popo that is shredded and both have a citrus base. But then the, the ingredients differ in that, a Thai pork or salad would use things like palm sugar and um, shrimp or prawns, dry shrimp is what we call it. So the ingredients are different, whereas a Lao would use a shrimp paste, which is like a preserved um, paste and then the crab paste and then anchovies. So you can already start to kind of imagine it's a little bit more saltier and complex in flavour, definitely a lot more earthy as well. So that's a really good example of the contrasting. So you've got quite bright and fresh and then a lot more salty and pungent, I guess is the better word, in flavour for Lao food. Tell us about tell us about Zab street food. As you mentioned, it, it is a combination of both cuisines. How do you balance that? And, and tell us about the experience that one might have when they come there. Yep, so Zab Street Food, we've always aimed to offer 
I guess, the that, so street food, so skewers, things that you can eat with your hands. We really encourage eating with your hands. Um, we have sticky rice on the menu and that that is our very, like, casual approach to street food. But obviously with the changing times and the position that where we are, we've had to um, uh, adapt, I guess, to the market. And, um, yep, so we've got the fancier dishes as well. So you'll basically at Saab, you'll get a very casual experience, but I like to say with um, quality and, I guess, upmarket style food. But, um, yeah, so I... Look, I just, in terms of the service, I just really wanted to keep it casual so it's approachable to everybody, but be able to provide dishes that they wouldn't have been able to try anywhere else because it really just comes from, you know, my childhood dishes and what, I, what I've what i learned from other venues when leading out as well. So it's a bit of a mix of both. Is there any of your childhood dishes that star on the menu? Yes. So the beef masaman is one of our most popular dishes on our menu. And if you've been coming to Zab or going to my parents' restaurant, you know that it started there, right? So it basically was the favourite dish at the family restaurant and it's now the favourite dish here. However, it has evolved into what it is now, um, a little bit fancier, a lot more quality, but still bomb flavours. Um, super good. And then the other thing in our street dishes, the pork skewers, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. Every time I go back to Laos and to Thailand, I just, I need to have those skewers with sticky rice. That is like, that is my childhood. And you can come to Zab, you can get the skewers, sit at the bar, have it with a beer, have it with a cocktail delicious. What's some of the challenges involved in running your own restaurant? You're situated in Braddon in Canberra, which is a very popular um, suburb for restaurants. Um, what's been the challenges and, and also the positives um, in this sort of region with doing what you do? Yep. So the challenges that I've faced in the last four years, I guess, was acceptance to begin with. So Zav actually started off as um, a very different concept. Uh, a little bit more street, a little bit more dingy, I think is the right word, dark and loud, so replicating the streets of, say, for example, Bangkok. Um, the price point at that time for us, being street food, you couldn't really price it as high. Uh, so, you know, as a business, it was really hard, especially um, paying for rent in prime location. So that's why I had to make the decision to, I guess, evolve the restaurant and fuse a bit of two together. All right, when I say two, I'm meaning the higher priced point dishes, the dishes where people, you know, are proud of taking photos of and they look great on camera, but also taste amazing as well. Um, so that's where just before COVID we had on our menu, we had, uh, what do we have? The street stuff. And then we had a little bit fancy. I mean, we had to rebrand a little as well, just to kind of streamline where we were going with our food. So what I like to compare it to was um, 
I really like my sneakers. <laughs> so, you know, preparing, uh, comparing it to, sorry, just your, your basic sneakers, joggers, whatever, no one really cares to now we, you know, you're like the Jordans, the Nike Jordans or the Yeezys. So we're a little bit more upmarket, but we're still casual and we're really nice. Um, so that has been the involvement of the business. Finding staff for me has been really difficult because um, the way that we operate, my dad being head chef, he's not a qualified chef. So it's hard for um, me to find, I guess, someone who will understand the food and the flavours that we do, um, but also in the environment that we're doing it because at the moment as well we're operating a takeaway business and a dining-in business in the same kitchen. So finding staff who can, I guess, understand or comprehend that is really difficult. Um, yeah, so, but you know what? COVID has really been a blessing for our business in terms that we are able to now structure the way we are because like I said we went through a transition period where we had the street stuff and a little bit fancy but now we're able to separate it out completely where the restaurant is able to provide you a full experience that is the higher end style but you're still able to get you know our um, street style dishes take away quite easily so you're still able to experience a bit of both. Um, and that's worked really well for us. Most restaurants in Australia are small family-run businesses like like yours. And as you just mentioned, your dad is the head chef as well. What's it like uh, working with family, running the business? Is there, are there challenges involved in that? <laughs> oh, my gosh, so much. Um, I don't know where to start. I guess <laughs> <laughs> we worked together before in his restaurant. Right, so in the family restaurant, that was my parents' restaurant, so I was following their rules. And so when I decided up to decided to open up Zab, I kind of had to really sit my parents down and explain to them that this is the concept that I want to do, this is the style of business I want to create, and I guess my end goal is not to just stick with one business similarly to what they did. Like I, I want to grow, right? I want to be able to continue to operate this business but also grow in terms of like expansion and open up another one eventually, which means I won't be working in this business every day, mum and dad. That was really hard for them to understand. Um, and then also in terms of like menu items as well, my mum to this day is like, why don't you put spring rolls on the menu, right? It's, it's really good margins to put spring rolls. I'm like, mum, that's not the kind of concept, not the kind of restaurant I want to put on or, um, you know, but dad, so she, she actually really understands now. It's taken, it's taken three years, but that's okay. Um, but dad's been really good because dad's been part of the business from day one and, you know, I try to explain to him, okay, presentation is a really big thing, dad. That's for him, that's a big struggle because he never actually learned how, you know, like different tips and techniques of when you learn in culinary school or when you actually learn with other chefs as well. It's always been him. He's he's owned his business, you know, for the 
past decade before he came here. So it was, I guess, hard for him to grasp the concept of presentation and we need to make it look really, really nice and, you know, we need to try different styles of cooking as well. So it's definitely been a learning curve for him but also the language that I use to try to get him to understand as well. So communication was quite important. But at the end of the day, you know, I have a lot of respect for my parents. So I'm going to listen to what they say, but also try to educate them on what I've learned in my time as well. So we've been able to find that happy medium. So we're four years later, we're doing pretty well. However, we have, like we have, don't get me wrong. We have definitely had our blow ups. Um, about work especially me and my dad you know so it's yeah it's it has definitely been challenging but I think respect and trust is our biggest foundation that we work on so that's helped us through. You mentioned how uh, COVID in the last year has actually given you the time to restructure and think about the way you run your business and refine everything um how has how has the last year or the last couple of years running a restaurant changed you? Ah, uh, it's really had to ground me. Hey, I so basically, you know, you're you're running and operating your restaurant every day, and you just you're not you're not really thinking about um, much except for how you're going to keep going, survivability for me during COVID. It really took me back to my roots. So even if we go back to lockdown, I had to start delivering food again. I was delivering food when I first got my peas at my parents' restaurant. So if that didn't take me back to my roots, I don't know what did. You know, we I refused to do takeaway um, pre-COVID because it didn't suit, I guess, the concept that I'm trying to teach my parents about or, you know, we're trying to focus on the dining in. However, come COVID, we're bringing it all back, my roots, the takeaway, the simple stuff, you know, the just slowing it down as well just in your personal life so that you can then focus on the business and other aspects of it. Like I've slowed myself from working in day-to-day operations to I guess, the background and working on the systems because that's what made us succeed during COVID was me working in the background and not, you know, waitressing on the floor. So that's, for me personally, that's been a big step in just coming away from the customer service side of things and just focusing on the back, in the background. So that's been good. You've got a really interesting history with your parents and they open a restaurant as you were about to sort of leave home and go to university um, and and you you yourself learnt business structure and accounting. What, what do you love about being in hospitality um, given that, um, you know, it sort of came later as, a, as an option for you? Yeah, it did. Um, people. I, I think I just really enjoy people. Um, so the customer service aspect of it when I was working at my parents' restaurant, I loved the interaction, building rapport, you know, just just having friends, but also not just the customer side of things, the team that you work with. So coming from a family restaurant, we were all 
family and if you weren't like you had people coming in who were then who then became your aunties and uncles so it was a family environment that I don't know you just surround yourself with people who just love you and support you want to do right by you and I've managed to bring that family aspect over to Zab as well but still be able to incorporate I guess um what I learned in franchising and in business, quite keeping things, yes, still very separate, but still being able to have, I guess, that relationship, that closeness with people. So that that has been really good. Um, and also just when my mum allowing me to uh, focus on the back end of things in the family restaurant as well, so, you know, doing all the books or um, running all the paperwork as boring as it is. And I still hate it to this day. <laughs> I actually like analyzing the numbers and seeing where you're, where you're at and what you can do to keep going forward. So that part of corporate has helped me a lot. Actually, You mentioned that you'd spoken to your parents uh, about not having just one venue that you're going to be working in all the time, but perhaps expanding is, do you have any plans for the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, for the last year I have been thinking about expansion, um, but there's, I guess, a lot to think about when you're one woman um, and what kind of power you have or not not power but what, what I have in my own ability to um, expand into another one. So, you know, a lot of thoughts into my head was like, okay, do I go into partnership with other people or do I continue to do it by myself? So I've basically been, you know, having lots of conversations, checking out venues, just trying to set myself up for what opportunity comes next. I, for me, I'm not the kind of person who, you know, will have um, just one plan kind of thing. So like I said, I've, I've started lots of different conversations just to kind of see what opportunity will come first and what I can jump at. So I, I can't give you anything solid right now, but definitely, <laughs> definitely I've got some stuff in the works. Amazing. Well, very much look forward to seeing that. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to share your story. Uh, Becky, please keep in touch and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for having me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>